Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Tina Horn, and this is Interrobang. Interrobang is the bonus segment of my Wire People Into That podcast. Follow at Tina Horn Sass or at Tina Horn's Sass if you're nasty. On Twitter and Instagram, visit wirepeopleintothat.com, support my show, and get extra shit at patreon.com slash Tina Horn. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash T-I-N-A-H-O-R-N. Zang, I'm so excited that you are here on my couch on my show. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Um, so we're going to start out with a little interrobang to get warmed up okay. um, before we talk about fluids. Yeah. Um, so um, let's talk about your work a little bit. So you are a poet and writer and essayist, yeah. um, and you have a book coming out this year, 2017, called yeah. Sour Heart. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about the book? Yeah, um, it's a collection of short stories, and um, they're, like, all kind of about this group of immigrant families who all kind of know each other, so it's um, kind of a linked short story collection, loosely, Um, and they're all narrated by the, by young, um, basically from prepubescent to adolescent girls um in the first person and it's not gonna sound cool to describe the plot because there's barely a plot but um I will just say they're kind of um like they're like close to my heart because they're kind of about um just growing up and girlhood and family um and bodies and having a body, um, but also being an immigrant, being feeling like an alien in many different ways, as uh, as it affects as as it pertains to um, being a girl, being a woman, being an immigrant, being a, a person of color, being a Chinese American, um, and just being a person. So uh, that's all I'll say about it because I, I can't really make it sound very interesting. Um. N- yeah, it basically sounds like everything else that we've seen in the Western canon for, like, the history of civilization. So, snore. Just kidding. It sounds amazing. I Thanks. can't wait to read it. When does it come out? It comes out August 2017. Cool. Yeah. Um, and um, part of the reason that, I mean, I, I love your writing. And part of the reason that I wanted to have you on the show is that um, your poetry in particular is just is just very um delightfully gruesomely 
obscene <laughs> and vulgar yeah. and uh, which is kind of up my alley um and I also I find like so much poetry like so inscrutable but yeah. I um uh but like get a little like like nastiness in there and then I'm like oh I, I get it I yeah. like understand <laughs> I understand this yeah um but I I wanted to ask you um because I I I know I understand like the essay like a lot more than I understand poetry. Yeah. Um. And I I wanted to ask you like what point when at what point when you know that you want to write about something do yeah. you decide or do you know if it's gonna be an essay or a poem? Yeah, that's a really good question. I feel like um with poetry, um it can be really fast and loose, and I. If I feel like I have like a a strong sudden urge to say something, I'll often just write it down as I'm not even thinking of it as a poem, but I'm just writing things down quickly and feeling like I need to um I don't know. It's like when you know you need to sneeze, you just do it. Yes. <laughs> you can't really like plan for it. Um and then if I have a thought that feels like it really needs to be planned and plotted in some way, then I guess I'll try to, I don't know. Also, the thing with poetry is because there's no way to make a living off of it. Um, you don't say. <laughs> it just becomes like a receptacle for all the things that you would never try to get paid for so uh -huh. <laughs> all the thoughts that you're like I, I would never try to pitch this to an editor I would never mm -hmm. try to like find an outlet that could um, compensate me in any way because it just feels like a completely uncompensated space and an unmarketable space and an uncommodified space obviously it's still commodified but it just feels like anything that almost is just like a pure thought that I wouldn't even begin to strategize over how to make any kind of money off of it it becomes a poem that is <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard it described that way but that really helps me to understand it better <laughs> actually I um it makes me wonder like would you have a different relationship to poetry if we like lived in a parallel universe where poetry was incredibly profitable and being a poet made you a <laughs> rock star yeah on a certain level of commerce i wonder i mean i don't has there ever been a civilization where poets were able to like i guess be incorporated into the economy that way i i guess if that were the world I don't know what would happen to poetry. I think, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know there are poets who do make a living off of their poetry. And I wonder if those poets have certain tendencies because they can make a living off of their poetry. I don't know. Yeah. This is worthy of investigation. <laughs> well, well, one of that actually dovetails nicely. I am realizing with one of the things that you were, um, suggesting that we explore or talk about which is this idea um of the horror economy yeah um because of course 
when hearing hearing you talk about the relationship between like the pure expression of poetry and commerce yeah. in that way it does make me think of sex work most things make me think of sex work but like <laughs> um it makes me think of the argument that people have that like the exchange of uh of money or the 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 trade of of something uh valuable like like shelter yeah like somehow like taints the human connection of sex or like makes sex like less less moral less pure uh or that there's like no possibility of of like artful consensual expression of sexuality when commerce is there and Mm. like i know that to be false but many people both like feminists and you know (laughs) shitbags <laughs> the feminists can be shitbags but like just yeah. like complete like you know conservative moral imperialists like w- like make that argument and right. it's like a very powerful strong argument and so uh you know right well also but what are people defining or limiting as commerce like that's the question i've never understood because so many things can be considered a transaction like i never understood the difference between like uh I guess to take an example of someone who just straight up sells sex explicitly for money versus, I mean, why is it, isn't it a transaction when you get married? Isn't it a transaction? I mean, (laughs) aren't all of those things in exchange for some kind of material comfort, safety promise? It doesn't seem like there's that fine a distinction, right? I mean, you're preaching to the converted. (laughs) I completely agree with you. But so like, I mean, I think that we're, we're like, uh, starting to like wade into the morass of, of like, what, like, what is, what is that hypocrisy about? Like, you know, I mean, it's obviously about social control because right. marriage is you know, a very important institution <laughs> that we need to protect at all costs. Yeah. Um, you know, but it is, I mean, it's a, it's a, uh, institution that's regulated by the state. Right. Um, you know, and in most countries in 2017, prostitution is not regulated by the state. Right. It's criminalized. Um, I mean, it's, it is regulated by the state actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, in, um, it's, anyway it's such a big um, i know it's so huge yeah of a but, topic. um but what why what do you what do you mean when you say the horror economy i guess i just mean truly like the way in which um i guess young girls or anyone who grew up feeling or being i either like feeling femme or um, being socialized to to feel femme or um, the way that people like that become so aware of just the horror economy is like the way in which every single second you are aware of your value yeah. um, and you are aware of um, whether it's going down, it's going up. You're always aware if you're common or if you're rare mm. and oh. and like, I mean, it's interesting because rarity is considered a good thing and by rarity I mean like someone for example who has huge tits that don't sag naturally like this would be considered an amazing commodity to have and you will never be able to get through this world without knowing that like should you have that by some whatever fluke of genetics 
Um, and then, and then like you can't, well, your ability to enjoy your body, to like love your tits, to feel proud of your tits, to like look in the mirror and be like this, like, uh, this like coincidence of (laughs) genetics and nature that has given me this is fucking awesome. And I love this about myself or to like accept, um, someone else's appreciation of that is like always going to be undermined or compromised or in some cases like just completely like destroyed by totally. the like uh the like inability to like separate it from like the external like yeah. judgment of value totally and should you have any other i don't know ideas about how your life would like to go and ways to achieve you know your dreams you can't neglect i don't know just the impact of your body and mm. and like if you do have for example like a body that's considered extremely conventionally attractive you're also like set up poorly by the whore economy because you're not set up to have any longevity like at mm. some point your body will no longer be that perfect quote unquote body and unless you realize that extremely young and why would you like how could you know that when you're 15 Mm. years old right that this will not be able to sustain you for the rest of your life right and that you will have to make adjustments or or you'll have to be dependent on the very people who create this economy Mm. and will discard you within that economy once you no longer have value quote-unquote I don't know that's but you're also set up you're also set up for failure because you're not like let's say you are 15 and you're like I'm banging and I know that everybody <laughs> yeah. is going to think so for at least, you know, for the next two ten decades year, or Yeah. Mid yeah. 10, 20 years. Um, so like, I'm going to like learn a lot of business skills and like right. figure out how to like live for my, like, like cap literally capitalize off of this and like create like a sustainable life for myself because of this asset that I have in the same way that somebody at 15 who is, I don't know, like, like a, like a math whiz could be like, okay, I'm going to start getting set up now to, exactly. um, I don't know, make my fortune off of math. Do people (laughs) do that? I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. I guess I just think about, It's just interesting that, I mean, it's not even interesting. I don't know what it is. It just is. Like, we're just constantly making calculations Mm. based on this. And I think it's also true that, like, yeah, whether or not you're, like, explicitly trading in this economy, Mm. um, you're just constantly aware. Like, if, if you want to... Like, uh, I don't know, like, let's say you want to be like an artist who gets like your work shown in a gallery. You're not going to act on that independent of how you your attractiveness and fuckability mm. is going to be perceived. You'll it'll always just be a factor for any femme person or any person who might be considered feminine and or or outside of the f- I mean, I'm not saying like it's only um, true for people who are who identify as femme, but I I just mean that is the 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 way that I don't know society I mean, judges of, women. And I mean, looks. a lot of a lot of this stuff does orbit around 
femininity yeah. and not necessarily in relation to gender. I mean, then right. if you think about like the, the relative, um, like devaluing of like, um, of a, for example, like a cis man who, uh, like has feminine qualities, right. like, uh, that, I don't know. I mean, maybe people are like so threatened by the idea of the faggot because it undermines this right. status quo of uh, right. of being able to like control femininity through like applying value to it. I mean, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. So what? Uh, so are you going to write a poem or an essay about it? <laughs> I don't <laughs> or, know. or a collection of short stories. <laughs> If I were someone who actually had, like, I don't know, a sustained interest in developing intellectual ideas, I guess I would write some kind of essay about, I don't know, the ideology of the horror economy. But I, I, I don't – it's just sort of like a thought that's always in the back of my head. Mm. And, I mean, I think about it because um, I, I think about, for example, like the ways in which my poems are received mm. – um, as they like if I looked differently if I didn't have the body I had if I had a body that was like n- less acceptable yeah um, because it didn't look sort of hetero cis and feminine and I was saying stuff about like flinging blood clots out of my pussy like I would be received very differently true I would be possibly received with way more vitriol and hatred and disgust and I'm like aware that I'm lucky that I I can quote unquote temper these poems by having an acceptable body um and I, I just it just is like a thing I think about often and I'm I'm aware of that or I'm aware that if um some panel wants to seem edgy mm. but not like too out there they can bring me on because because I seem despite having done nothing to earn respectability I just seem respectable because mm. of how I look no I mean so yeah like uh, your work is all it um I mean uh, your poems that I've read are like very abject and uh like committed to uh exploring <laughs> things that are considered disgusting and um uh which which i which i also love exploring but uh, but uh that's really interesting that um for so many people that there is like a like a um like a tension or a contrast between like your relative like lack of disgustingness mm. to them mm. <laughs> but is that um yeah, what is your what is your experience with that? Like or can you can you describe like a specific experience where you felt very aware of your relationship to the horror economy or the relationship to the value of your femininity vis-a-vis your poems? I think just yeah, I mean I think one it's unfair because there are other people who are it's hard to even talk about because when we talk about like discrepancies in um, diversity in the grandest sense of the word, we're talking about people who were discouraged so early on mm. that we don't even get to see what work they could have been producing. Totally. And so 
I'm not even just talking about people who are writing like great shit about their bodies and about uh, sex that are that's transgressive and interesting but I'm like thinking of people who didn't even get that encouragement when they were much much younger and yeah. just didn't even when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I to go there. This ship is lonely. July is BOGO month for vibrators at the Pleasure Chest. Yes, that's right. For the entire month of July, anything that vibrates at the Pleasure Chest is buy one, get one, half off. That goes for the New York City, Chicago, and Los Angeles stores, or from anywhere in the world on PleasureChest.com. If you want to learn more about vibrators, don't miss my interview with Victor Tobar on your Wired People Into That feed. Victor explains the difference between external vibes, G-spot vibes, vibrating butt plugs, dual stem rabbits, and much, much more. And don't miss out on free sex ed workshops all month long at Pleasure Chest stores. On July 26th at 8pm local times, all three cities are doing OMG-spot classes. So that's on the Upper East Side of New York with Sloan, at the Lincoln location in Chicago with Tanya and Chloe, and in West Hollywood, Los Angeles with Coco and Carly. Visit PleasureChest.com and follow Pleasure Chest on Twitter and Instagram so you never miss a workshop or a sweet deal on your new favorite sex toys. Oh, and don't forget to let the Pleasure Chest know that you heard about the workshop on Why Are People Into That? I love showgirls, but it's not exactly it's not exactly like a paragon of um, good behavior. <laughs> but I mean, that's part of the joy of it. But it's also like made by it's a bunch with of Elizabeth Berkeley. Yeah, you really you must see this okay. film. It's uh, speaking yeah. of. It's I a, think I've seen the sex that sex scene. Yeah, in the, the dolphin sex scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the it, the whole thing is just like. Did you call it a dolphin? Sex? That's what people call it because really? she she kind of makes these like weird dolphin noises as she's like thrashing around. And the around. way that her body is moving is I've I've never seen a, a an upper body move that way while getting fucked. Like I don't think anyone it, else it had was, ever seen that before either. <laughs> it was shocking to me when I was. 12 or whatever because i was like what the hell i can never do this like, yeah my oh, body will never be able i'm to never do gonna have sex <laughs> like i can't flip like that oh my god <laughs> um so funny yeah no the, the 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 like the like pitch of camp in that movie is like such it's like it's like listening to like a show with like a lot of feedback yeah you know it's just like <laughs> But I I love I love it. Um, but it's it's not for everyone. But. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, like for me, um, and maybe the most common one, and this is often before people, like this is when someone is experiencing my work or encountering it for the first time. They'll often say things like, they'll be like, you know, 
your work is very sexual. Did you know that? And it's like, uh, no shit. Yeah, I, I wrote it. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of myself. Are you aware that somebody else <laughs> snuck into your poems and put sex in? <laughs> or they'll be like, you just seem like a doll and you seem so innocent. Oh, but Jesus. then you like read these poems. And then I realize like, oh, they're just reacting in the most like base way to a very shallow and superficial like impression of how I look um and and that happens like in every direction too th that happens in the direction of people kind of like not expecting me for example to like identify as an immigrant because mm. I look I guess like assimilated or something mm. I, I don't look like someone who immigrated to the United States um but that is what I am and anyone can look like an immigrant I mean I guess this is kind of stuff that people are more aware of now unfortunately um but it's 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 just this way of being like well you know, I mean, this, I, so this is why I don't even know what I'm talking about when I say the whore economy. Because on the one hand, it's like um, there's a certain type of value ascribed to someone who looks educated, who looks uh, – whose body conforms within certain, you know, criteria of desirability. But then there's also a kind of like lasciviousness that's given mm. to bodies that are considered like aberrant. Is, is that how you say that word? Oh, oh aberrant. Or aberrant. Yeah. Aberrant. Yeah. Um, see, this is my immigrant self coming through. I never <laughs> learned certain English words. I used to say "turnal" for until I was 18 years old because I'd only ever heard non-native English speakers say the word tunnel. Oh. And I hadn't been in a car with like a native born like English speaker um, driving underneath a tunnel so I just said turnal for like the first 18 years of my life <laughs> aberrant okay yeah <laughs> so, I, think, I think you're yeah you're doing fine um, but you know there's also like the a ways ways in which like certain bodies that are not considered like beautiful thin and white are assigned like a sexuality and mm. it's just there's just so many different and then there's ways in which like the east asian body is often like used to chastise like a black body mm. or like a brown body so there's just ways in which i know i'm being used to um cause harm even though all i'm doing is existing as a person but it, i mean that's the horror i guess of this economy um yeah well i mean because part of this paradox that you're getting at is that you know your your you know your body or the the type of body that you're talking about is is valued and also seen as available for consumption yeah. and incapable of subjectivity or yeah. like like a like a you know allowed only a um you know like a like an allow like a controlled allowance of subjectivity right, or right. contextualized subjectivity so um uh and then like my question with that is what does it mean to be aware of the perception that your body is available for consumption mm. and to use that for your own benefit you know because some people would argue that <laughs> when you do that you're 
trying to dismantle the master's house of the master's tools, right? Mm. And you're trying, you're like, you're, you're like feeding into or perpetuating right. systems of oppression. And like, you, you're, uh, you know, so the, the only way to like end patriarchal systems of oppression is to like, like shatter them. But like in the meantime, we're like out here trying to live. Right. Right. So, right. um, I don't know if, I mean, I, I mean, I have feelings about that with regards to sex work, but I wonder yeah. if that also applies to poetry. Like, I wonder how you feel about, like, like understanding those assumptions about yeah. you and, like, uh, like using them in your work for right. your own benefit. Well, it's interesting because it is true. I mean, much like sex work. I mean, we our bodies, all bodies age and change. And at some point, I won't be a young cute by patriarchal standards female right um and you know should i live on um (laughs) into this world um at some point um my relationship to my body will change and how my body is uh traded and commodified and, Mm. and used will will change and um i i if i continue to write about like my pussy um, into my 80s it'll be re- regarded and uh it received just much differently than if I do that in my 20s and right and that's that's the you know that's because I, especially if I haven't uh you know destroyed the master's house and I'm still you know I you know at that point can you like, get on that please <laughs> <laughs> but so I think being I, for me, it's just I've always been aware of that, like even at I don't know why, but I just I, I, I knew I knew from the very first time someone complimented me or treated me nicer because of mm. how I looked. I, I knew from the moment that pleasure hit that it would it would harm me if mm. I if I if I couldn't let go of the the temporary pleasure or dopamine hit from someone being like you're I like you because of how you look so I don't know what that means if if that is helpful but I just know that I have to um I I have to like I have to like have a a core that is not connected to that I have to develop a, a, a meaningful core that I can that I can return to um as my body changes and as my femininity changes and as like my womanhood changes and I I think that people who I mean not to presume but I I I do think that people um who uh are engaged in sex work or any kind of work that requires constant attention to their body I think that's also a thing that they have to do to survive as they get older and Mm. and and age because otherwise if you are only connected to your body I don't know, just at some point it, it you have, I, I don't know, it just diminishing returns is all I can say. So, yeah, well, I, I want, I want to return to and like talk about this idea of a meaningful core and how do we develop the meaningful core. Um, yeah. um, but you also said that you wanted to talk about sex and aging and you just we're talking about your your aging cobweb filled pussy you know presumably so I'm wondering I'm wondering what's on your mind when you suggested sex and age um I don't know I didn't have a very um 
I didn't <laughs> I didn't think about it very deeply to be honest, but I think I'm just I, maybe it's you know I'm 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 in my 30s now and um I I thought that this would be I don't know at at some point in my life I was like I guess that'll be the end for me. Oh my I god, me 30. too. I don't know if that's a, a I'm also in <gasps> my early 30s and I like um uh I maybe it's like our generation, I don't know yeah. that I, I like definitely. I mean, it's not like you know, 30 years ago was, or like, I guess it's more like, like 40, almost 50 years ago. There was the, of course the, like, I hope I die before I get old attitude, right. right. Of the, of boomers. But, um, like, I don't, I'm not like aware of like where that, I mean, people are living longer. Right. Uh, adolescence is going longer. So like, why, why did we, yeah. a lot of people I know have had this attitude where it's like, That's well, it's, it's going to be over when we're through, you know, also there's like less pressure to like be breeding by 23 right. or like right. have like own a home or right. have a, you know, all, right. all that shit. Like, so why do we still think I, that this is going to be it for us? I don't know. It's really disturbing. Cause it is disturbing. It's a very young age. I don't know. I I I mean, once I turned thirty, I was so happy. Did you feel really yeah. happy to be in your thirties? Oh yeah, oh yeah, be, yeah. Being in my thirties is great. It's the best decade I've ever had so far. Yeah, of all three. <laughs> um, but I think I don't know. I think also um, because of like the way often that like East Asian women are perceived, just a lot of people would say things a lot of men would ha have said to me like oh don't worry like you're gonna look 20 well into your 30s and that was like a refrain where they're like don't worry as if to say god everyone else in their 30s dinosaurs dead <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're you'll okay, look like a yeah. doll <laughs> and, but then it's just it just makes you more aware of like oh so then when's the like that there is a cutoff even right <laughs> That life ends, it drops off at some point. Like you are just of no value as as your as your gender after a certain cutoff point. And so I kind of had this in my mind when I was much younger, you know, like a teenager. I was like, oh, like I don't know, it's just gonna be so bad in my thirties. <laughs> so, but how's it been? It's been really great. And I mean, the thing that I mean, how's the sex been? Is what I really want. To know. <laughs> That's the thing, right? Because also. When you're, at least when I was in my 20s, I couldn't drop the, I couldn't drop the awareness of wanting to be, I, I wanted to be liked more than I wanted to come. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Damn. in your 30s, I want to, I want to sleep more than I want to do anything and get good rest. Oh, yeah. And then second to that, I want to enjoy sex when I choose to have it. Fuck but yeah. Before, I just wanted to look good. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's liberating to get older because, I don't know, it's almost like, well, I'm not going to be considered a hot young thing anyway, so I'm not going to worry about that. It's sad that that had to happen, um, that I had to realize that first, but that is what happened, to be totally honest, where I was like, well, the time for me to be impressive gorgeous and 18 is over <laughs> it just that is ship has sailed. 
And I'm glad it is because now I don't have to ever worry about that again. And all the years I ever spent worrying about that were, were wastes. It was a waste of a worry and it gave me nothing, did nothing for me. It just made me vulnerable to predators, if anything. And now I can just, I don't know, it's just, I can just enjoy myself. So aging has felt really good in that sense. Cool. And in some weird way, I think it's because, again, it's, it's, it's because like I'm not, like there are many narratives of me in some ways um, in mainstream depictions of sex because um, because I'm just just because I, I basically look like a small um, cis hut femme or whatever so I, I don't I think because I I don't feel very excluded and boxed out of depictions of sex because there's just plenty of depictions of heterosexual sex between um, cis women and cis men um, because I never felt that excluded, uh, but at the same time, I am excluded because patriarchy is so intense that only a very specific type of cishet woman gets depicted. Um, totally. And, it, you know, it just comes down to, to, to whiteness. It comes down to thinness. It comes down to um, being under the age of 28 or something like that if we're talking yeah. about Hollywood or 23 or something like you know so then there are ways in which I'm also excluded but it almost feels good to be excluded because then it's like oh well that world of mainstream depictions of sex is just irrelevant to me and my sex life it it needs to bear it does not need to bear upon anything I do it's just so irrelevant it's 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 just looking at a piece of technology that will no longer work in any outlet in any wall like it's just <laughs> so oh my god, it's pointless so obsolete oh my god yeah. it's like a weird like usb <laughs> yes it's just like, exactly it's, it's those floppy disks that you can't oh insert god. into anything oh my <laughs> god heterosexuality is totally a floppy disk i right? do not have a drive for that <laughs> you can't view it it's just it has no value. So in that sense, like aging has been great too because I'm like, okay, I, I, I none of that matters. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's going to keep getting better? I hope so. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, 30s is good because it's before too many physical yeah. bodily problems have hit or financial, familial issues yeah um so it's kind of the freest age don't you think uh, in some ways depending on where you're at in your life I guess I don't have kids so yeah. and I don't have any I guess knock on wood major health problems right now yeah so it feels free for me yeah I also know a lot of very virile people in their <laughs> 40s I'm looking uh, getting to 30 and feeling so good in it is yeah. like has been freeing in the sense that I'm like, oh, I won't get fooled again about like other <laughs> yes. decades, right? So yes. now all of a sudden I'm like looking at 40 and I'm like, damn, Can't wait. I'm going to be a silver fox. <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to get really obsessed with like rowing or something like that and uh, yes. get up really early Yes, <laughs> and do stuff. Yes. Yeah. I can't wait. Also, it feels like the older you get, the more, at least for me, emboldened I am to say no. And that feels amazing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, oh yeah, I, I feel I'm more and more like I didn't come here to make friends. Yeah. <laughs> like on this planet. I mean, I, yes. or I mean, I did come here to make friends, but I've like kind of made them already. Totally. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah. Right. 
And what you were saying about, um, about like casting about in your younger sex life, uh, I, 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 it took me until the age of like 33 or so to like really be honest with myself about the fact that my sex life in my 20s was, um, like a, I definitely treated it like a game in which the objective was to like secure attention. Yeah. And like, and that, and that I would like win and get right. the like elation of totally. success when someone like admitted that they wanted to sleep with me <laughs> yes. and, and slept with me. And it was less like that I was um, looking for like an experience. I mean, part of that was feeling like very like uh, having, I guess, I don't know, I guess like a meaningful core like yeah. of like self-love and like the ability to uh, like, like enjoy like freely enjoy sexual pleasure like totally. in solo sex and like having a lot of like intimate and very like physically open totally. uh relationships with uh, with a lot of, of friends um but uh but yeah in terms of like my in terms of like getting laid yeah I was not like oh I'm so glad I had such a good orgasm from that I would be like yeah. oh I'm so glad that that person that I like like nailed that you know I don't know anyway um. totally and when you're talking it made me think too that one of my goals when I was younger and having sex was to be like a wonderful mystery to the person I was fucking and I was like it was just like yes I'm a mystery to them like <laughs> I've succeeded and then and that's so unsustainable also yeah. because then I would get really scared when that person got to know me, because right. I would be like, well, it's over now. How yeah. will I ever be attractive to this person again? I actually had the opposite experience of not, um, of of never uh, understanding, like, the dynamic of playing hard to get. And, like, yeah. never. I just, like, don't have, like, a mysterious bone in my body. <laughs> so I, like, I, I, like, I, like, have to um just like sp like spill my guts all the time Ooh. which i get we don't talk about spilling our guts when we talk about fluids but um yeah. <laughs> like i uh that is just like my like constant drive to be like let's like get everything on the table um and uh and so and my, but my and my Would frustration you be attracted to people who weren't like that sometimes sometimes people who were like there there's there are people who like i even like continue to find attractive because they are like cool and aloof and withholding yeah, yeah. a little bit but like mostly my drive is for um yeah people who are like let's just like make a big pile of guts and <laughs> yeah. like play play in them but uh, but i found it i found it incredibly frustrating and like impossible to understand that people would like lose interest in me because I was not um, building a mystery, yeah. as Sarah McLaughlin would have said at the time. <laughs> um, man, the the stuff that stays in your head. I know, right? Um, uh, so yeah, so but even hearing you say that you're that you were like plotting mystery yeah is is like healing to me because yeah. <laughs> also no one would you would you would destroy the mystery if you admitted that you totally. were trying to make a mystery and probably people are like building a mystery <laughs> when they're like not they're not like not even aware that that is what they're right doing 
Totally. And it's just also like fear of intimacy. And, right. And thinking that intimacy is antithetical to hot sex, for example. Right. When it couldn't be. I mean, I mean, many things can prevent you from having hot sex and it's intimacy can sometimes be. But it's not, you know, by nature, the opposite of yeah. and and oftentimes I mean, this is something I'm learning in my 30s is being intimate with someone makes you more attracted to them and feel yeah. closer and, and have better sex often. And yeah. that was something I never understood in my 20s. Mm. Just had – just I think because there are very few depictions – for all that we're, like, interested in seeing depictions of sex, there's very – very few good depictions of sex and intimacy. Well, it doesn't make for very good story. I guess not. I mean, think about like your your friends like if you're hanging out with your friends that are like really in love and they right. are like speaking their like cute little codes to each other right. and just like staring deep into each other's eyes and like Can't smiling and being that. happy yeah. and you're like you're like this is so tedious. Get me yeah. the fuck out of here. <laughs> and like, even like, I don't, I don't want to subject someone to like me being totally. like, you know, but, but like, you know, and I'm like much uh, better able now to like, to like not totally. feel embarrassed by that. Like when I'm just alone with that person, yeah. like be like, Oh yeah. Like happiness and intimacy. Yeah. Or, like, being boring yeah. is great. But going back to it being boring, like that just, just doesn't make, that's not it's good. True. That's not good TV. You know, I just wish that there was some kind of sex education. I mean, obviously there's a lot of changes that need to be made to sex education to make it actually comprehensive and useful. But I wish that there was some education to, not just about physical sex but like how do you get close to someone and what's actual closeness what you know what what is the closeness that I don't know like a narcissist for example mm. might bring and look like intense closeness but actually isn't or mm. what's a kind of closeness that's abusive what's yeah. a kind of closeness that's um consensual like those are things that I was learning the physical, sexual aspects of that before I learned, like, the emotional aspects of that. And totally. it still fucked with me that I didn't understand, like, emotional consent or – I just had no – no one – I think because maybe a lot of people have this, but I – the only example I had were my parents and because they – grew up in a very different culture than me I just dismissed their example mm. and even though they actually have a very good example of intimacy and I could have learned a lot from them but to me I was like well I live in America and mm. nobody in America falls in love this way so I'm gonna disregard this example of closeness and respect and I just had I was at sea I had no idea what I was supposed to be looking for I don't know did you have ideas of that when you were in your, like, early relationships with people? I was too driven to look for this, for, like, the qualities of um, friendship mm. in my uh, in my early relationships because I had thought that that would be safer. Oh, interesting. And, um, and so I, like, a, 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 most of my early relationships were um, uh, with, like, people who 
I like confused my attraction to someone's like best friend qualities wow. with like with sexual attraction and was like was like very you know like largely like sexually unsatisfied but like very uh but did like did feel like I was uh you know I did feel safe I was safe yeah um uh and you know like very intimate and like had a lot of fun and yeah like, some some like good fun sexy times but like <laughs> um then I and then in my late 20s I I like went through a, a well I just like went on a tram page but I also like <laughs> like had um I then then I I sort of had to like swing the pendulum in the other direction and like mm. um sort of be like what is this whole like emotional volatility thing <laughs> about like like oh the sex is really hot like <laughs> but then like get through that and learn from that and then now yeah. I now I feel like I've um experienced sort of th- that duality and that like has helped me to find yeah happiness yay and practice discernment <laughs> so um but but going back to what you were saying about parents i uh it's really not fair to i mean parents do a lot yeah you know they're like keeping you alive it's like a right. lot to expect them to also be a like model of that's true what intimacy can be because also like the intimacy that worked for your parents might right. not be the right intimacy for you. Maybe because you're the child of immigrants or you are immigrants yourself, you know, yeah, you're an immigrant totally. and you're like living in a, in a different culture totally. than your parents grew up in. Maybe just because, you know, they're like necessarily, they're always going to be a different generation. Totally. Uh, the, the world is, is different totally. or you might be queer or you yeah. might be like any number of that. I think that that made it easy for me to like, not, um, uh, model myself after mm. my parents and just like oh well the relationships that I want are not going to be right like this right right so that's like a gift of the genius of being queer yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's that thing where it's like well I don't see my story reflected at all in their stories so it's irrelevant yeah. to my desires it's I'm just not going to go for that it's a different model but then you also kind of have to like dig into the you know inevitable psychological I know um, you know it's true I know you can't get away from oh, the psychological stew you were like raised in oh my god so true <laughs> um listen I could talk about psychological <laughs> stew all day but I I, I totally want to switch gears and do and talk about fluids if Let's that is cool it. with you Won't fill the of my mind the things i'm dreaming of interrobang is produced and hosted by yours truly tina horn our theme music is by my brother from another mother moot thanks for listening Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.